0: If you wouldn't mind turning with me, uh, it's not too hard to find. We're right at the very beginning of the Bible. We're in Genesis 1, and just this last week, we started this new series called origins, where we're looking through Genesis 1 through 12 and kind of the account of God's initial creation and his uh, design. We believe that you can tell so much about our present by looking at our past. This last week, though, we introduced a, really, if you think about it, a perspective-altering statement. You're probably familiar with this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why is that perspective changing? It's perspective changing because we're in a culture that believes just the opposite. We're, we're in a culture it's a, that, that it's a, leans towards the naturalist idea that really there's nothing that's supernatural. There, anything that exists is something that came over time out of nothing if you think about that evolved by chance that things that, that when nothing existed but somehow now everything exists like it's it's a it's a belief system and what our belief system based on god's word is that the origin of it all is him origin of it all is him everything that you know everything that you see everything that you experience all goes back to his creative design. So you're not just here as an accident. You're not just a collection of cells and protons and whatever else is presented. You're, you're a, a creative design of a loving maker. For some of us, that's what we needed to be reminded of just this morning. But in that day and time, as Moses is writing this account of the origins of life, he's presenting to Israel a God that reigns over all, a sovereign God. In fact, the term or name that he uses in all of Genesis 1 is the name Elohim for God. Throughout the rest of Scripture, they use a lot of uses of names of God, but here it's just one simple name, Elohim, which means strong one, which means strong one, because he's showing them that he's the one, the creative designer that spoke all this into existence. He is the strong one, and my hope is is when we see him as that, that propels our worship and our gratitude and our understanding of what a big deal it is that he makes such a big deal about us. I pray that he changes our perspective and expands it even here this morning through the study of his word. Let me pray before we dive in to this chapter. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time to gather and the freedom that we have to be in this room and gather around words that were written with us and mine still here today. I ask that you speak directly to us through this text, that you'd free us of distraction. You'd be great. I'd be small. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So chapter one, verse 14 is where we're starting. And in case you're wondering the account of creation, this is day four that we're in. You can go online and catch up on last week's if you missed it. Chapter one, verse 14 says this, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days, and years, and let them be them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the great light to rule the day, the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, the moon, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. So this is a pretty large scope of things happening on this fourth day. And it it, it starts by saying that there was an introduction of light. Now, for those of you that were paying attention, you might remember on day one, what was the very first thing that God does? He turns on the light. So wait a second. If this is day four, that means that there's three days unaccounted for where there is some source of light other than. Than the sun. Anybody stop and think about that? Do you think the author is just like, man, I forgot what I wrote the other day? Or do you think there's actually a description of what happened here? There's lots of different accounts. The one that I lean to the most or resonate most was that God Himself was the initial source of light prior to the sun's existence. You're like, well, how would you come to that conclusion? It's pretty awesome. When you read the book of Revelation, it tells us what's to come on the other side of this earth, what it's going to be like. He says in chapter 22, verse 5, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever Again, the same description, Isaiah, the sun shall be no more, your light by day. nor for brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. You see, when we look at the future, the sun's not going to be necessary. So I would propose, since we're dealing with the same God, that he probably did all right figuring out those first three days how to find a source of light being himself. So looking at the, again at the future helps us look again at the past. So here's that description. And he describes in there, it says something kind of fascinating. You could kind of breeze by it if you weren't careful. It says, and he describes creating the lights in the expanse of the universe. What is that talking about? All the stars in the sky. Anybody else enjoy a nice starry night? When we go up to Canada, there's a lot less pollution or whatever it is. I don't know, but you can go out on a clear night and you just see the majesty of the heavens looking up. Anybody else enjoy that? It reminds us of the size that we are in relation to that. I was listening to a number of years ago a talk by Louis Giglio. It's called Indescribable. Maybe you've heard it before. It gives an account of the universe, a reminder of the scope of things. I wanted to share a few facts with you that I think are, are interesting when we're talking about, oh, this little statement. Oh, yeah, he made the expanse of the universe. First off, the reminder that we live in a subdivision. It's called The Milky Way. Anybody ever heard of that? More than a candy bar. A galaxy is made up of, in our galaxy alone, there's over a billion stars. So our sun, our sun that we look at, that we get a nice tan from, our sun that we're dealing with is only one in a billion in our subdivision. And then in our subdivision, and here's the thing to understand, is our solar system. When I say solar system, that's with, with our nine different planets revolving around the Earth. I know I count Pluto in the mix there, orbiting around. Of those nine planets, to give you perspective in that solar system, so, I mean, in that galaxy, that's a picture of the Milky Way, our solar system with our planets is the size of one quarter placed in the continent of North America, to give you perspective of size. So in fact, it's so tiny, there's no way that in this image that you could ever point to, look, there we are, there's our sun. It's so massive. I thought, I thought he was running to grab that quarter. But uh, <laughs> a- anyway, this, uh, this idea this idea of the Milky Way, the, the scope of the, the, the mass size, here's a, a little bit more lesson on that I think is fascinating. And God's universe, what we typically use, you've maybe heard it used before to describe the size of things, is they describe things in light years. Have you heard that term before? A light year is how far light travels in the course of one year when it's moving at 186,000 miles a second. If you think your car is fast, you know what I mean? Like light year. So 186,000 miles per hour per second for a year turns out to 5.88 trillion miles per year. That's a light year. So that's the ruler. That's the measuring stick, 5.88 trillion miles. That's That's a pretty good distance, right? So here's to give us a little idea of the scope of our universe. Our galaxy called the Milky Way takes 10 thousand light years to get from one side to the other. If you think your commute to work is long. like that, from one side 10,000 light years. I can't even do that math. I'm sure you could punch it into a calculator 5.88 trillion miles times 10,000. I don't know the number. you can do that later. but here's the idea. that's our galaxy. And here's where it starts to get a little bit nutty. is our galaxy. In the known universe, the the Hubble telescope is now reaching out to distances known as 13 billion light years out. Pretty good microscope, right? Uh, Or telescope, not microscope, telescope. This idea, so our galaxy is only one of billions of known galaxies There's parameters that they haven't even reached yet. So when we're talking about the scope of the universe, in this moment, he spoke it into existence. Now, I know you can say, yes, it's expanding. Yes, it's expanding, but it started here, and it started expanding out, expanding out. That's the creative design of our strong One. Of the strong one. You might call him Mr. Universe here in this statement. That's a picture of our God. And I think when we think about the size of the universe, not trying to make you feel small, I like how Lou Gigolo says it, not trying to make you feel small, trying to help you understand that you are small, yet significantly insignificant. Significantly insignificant. Because despite the size of our God and how tiny we are, we're still prized amongst his possessions. We're still a prized creation of our God. I love how the, the psalmist describes it here. He says, "'O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name "'in all the earth! "'You have set your glory above the heavens. "'When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, "'the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, "'what is man that you are mindful of him, "'and the son of man that you care for him.'" For us, maybe that's the reminder you needed this morning of your worth and your value. You're important to him. You're part of his design in the grand scheme of things. It's a breathtaking thing. Says you don't get any sense of delay. He says that he spoke these things into existence and then the expression, and it was so. Get this picture, though, at the end of that section. He describes that he looks back. And what does he say that his conclusion by looking back is? it was good. You know, it was good. You know, I, I, I enjoy cars. I've mentioned that before. Kind of my Friday routine. I typically wash my car. I always do one last thing after I have put the bucket away, the hose away, whatever. As I'm going in the garage door, I give one more look back. And you're like, Hmm, looks good. Anybody else do this? Or is there any other hand washers here? But this this idea of looking back at something that you've done and saying, man, that's that's good. I love that that's our God's creative response. He said, man, I look at the universe. I look at the scope of things, and it's good. That's his conclusion after looking back. Continues in the fifth day with some of the things we're more familiar with here on earth. And it says, and God said... Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, not just one, and let the birds fly above the earth, across the expanse of the, of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them. Look at his source of blessing, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. So fourth day was pretty cool. Now he's like, hey, we're going to hone in here a little bit on earth and do some pretty amazing things. Again, we see that it's at a word, not just a a single thing, not just a blob of protons, but instead it's the expanse of created design, swarms of, of sea creatures, swarms of birds, all related. How many times does he repeat the word kinds? He's like, no, I'm the one that decided specific kinds. There's specific species and things that he put in place. No fossil evidence for anything other than that. That doesn't mean that within species, there's not changes and adjustments to environment. We definitely see that. But either way, it all started with him saying, yes, this is this kind. This is this kind. You still today don't have a dog that's expecting puppies. And you're like, man, I sure hope it's not a pelican. You know what I mean? Like those, are, you, you have an animal that has, gives birth to the same kind of animals. That's the design that our God put in place as the master design designer. And I love when he says in verse 22, and God blessed them, blessed them. What's the, what's the demonstration of his blessing? What do you see there? What's the demonstration of his blessing? Being fruitful and multiplying. Kind of cool to think about that, that the gift of children or offspring is seen as a blessing from God. Somewhere along the line, our culture and our world has forgotten that, seen it as an obstacle or a challenge. Kids, you can remind your parents, you are a blessing from God. Anytime there's life that started, it's an act of a blessing of God. And he created all of this, multiplying, expanding it here on the earth. I love that it uses the expression, great sea creatures, I'm one of those nerds that likes watching some of those natural shows where they look at the, you know, the, all that's happening underneath the sea and enjoy the expanse. They're still discovering new things still today. Oh, look, we found a new species. I saw some weird octopus last week that they discovered. Like all this crazy stuff that our God has put in place. My wife and I had a, a treat this last uh, February. It was our 20th anniversary And we went to uh, Cabo San Lucas for five days just as a little uh, getaway to celebrate. And while we were there, I was looking up different tour things to do, and I found in a close-by city called La Paz. Anybody ever heard of La Paz? Kind of a dumpy place. But anyway, we uh, we took a drive to La Paz. We showed up there, and they had these boats that were taking out tourists, i.e. Adrian and I, to go swim with whale sharks. How awesome is that? These things are 20-plus feet long. They're sucking in plankton. Their mouth is like the, they're the size of a small like, school bus, like just huge animals. You guys want to see a quick second video of this? Here, this is me swimming with a whale shark. Such beautiful colors. Just huge. That doesn't do it justice. But wait, there's Scuba Scott. <laughs> Coming by. Just the majesty. There's something about being in the water with something that huge, that enormous. I got back from that and I was like, man, I just swam with the biggest thing on the earth. I was telling, and then I was like, wait, I think the blue whale's pretty big too. I looked that up. So the one that I was swimming next to, that seems so huge, 22 feet. A blue whale gets to up to 98 feet long. So four of those whales I was swimming next to, how crazy is that? That boat that it's swimming by is 87 feet long to give you perspective what we're dealing with our God the designer the creator made all of this all of this and the intention what we should respond to is these things as we see and experience them whether it's looking up at the stars in heaven or the expanse of what's been created here on earth should be a catalyst for worship you know what i mean by that it should be something in our brain triggers and be says like whoa look at my maker Whoa, look what he did there. Look what he did there. Look what he did there. Our days should be filled with that. Worshiping the designer of all that we see around us, a catalyst for worship. He moves on past the, oh, and I didn't even talk about birds. How cool is that? He made stuff that can fly. Okay, back to verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind's livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. Do you think he's trying to make an emphasis there? And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Again, next creation moment. He's, dis- he's speaking into existence all the animals that we get to see and appreciate. Here's a picture there of a, uh, of a lion. I don't know if you've ever been in a zoo or on a safari and getting a scene, just the majesty of those animals, just unbelievable. Ever since I was a little kid, I don't know if there's anyone else like this, just always been crazy about animals. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. My dad was a director of a, a camp in the middle of nowhere in Ohio And I'd spend my days with my best buddy. We'd start early in the morning and we'd go out when we were young, spending all day looking under rocks, under logs, trying to find any kind of living creature, whether it was a snake or a crawfish or a turtle, whatever it was, there's something about God's handiwork that's compelling. That draws us in. And my, my, my uh, family still teases me because even as an adult, I still love animals. Any other animal lovers in the group here? Any other pet owners in the group here? Uh, whether it's a, whatever pet it is, whether it's a, a dog or some of you that like cats, I don't understand that. But, uh, uh, but for me, this introduction of, uh, that was a boo. Uh, uh, anyway. So back to my story. So uh, a couple of years back, it's been a little while now, I was in New York with my wife and she had this idea of going to Chinatown and looking for uh, fake purses. You know, that's what you do in New York. And so we're shopping around, you know, Gucci bag for $14. You're like, hey, that's, that's great. So we're shopping around and we're in this one back alley thing, you're getting a glimpse into your pastor's life. Uh... Following my wife around like the great husband that I am, and I'm ending up in this purse store, and we had to go, some of them, I'm like legit, like afraid for my life. This one, we had to go down this stairwell, to this lower room, and it's got cameras showing the upper level uh, thing. You're like, what in the world? What kind of shady thing am I in the middle of? But I'm just dealing with it. But all of a sudden, the day turns a corner because there's a guy that comes out from the back room, and he says to me, excuse me, sir, would you like to buy some turtles? absolutely, I'd like to buy some turtles. What do you got? And so I, I came home that day with two quarter-sized red-eared sliders. They were like the coolest little animals. We named uh, one York for New York and one, uh, what was the other name? Spade, uh, short for Kate Spade. But either way, bo- both of them, ladies can appreciate that. Both of them, it was just fun to see how God designed things. There's things that when we look around, you start to see like this didn't come on accident. There's clearly a designer. And when you start to ask the question, if there's a designer, then the question is, can we know him? Does he know us? Does he care about us? And I would suggest in this next section, we're about to see that he definitely does. Verse 26 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, And let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created him and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Do you see that? And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea And over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens. And so to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Love that before this creation of man, God had a little holy huddle, if you will, a chat within the Trinity. Let us make man in our image, the pointing to his divine characteristic thing it makes me feel better about talking to myself but here's the idea he had this conclusion i want to make something that's the pinnacle of all this in other words all this has been building towards this moment from the land the oceans the atmosphere stars planets, sun moon planet plants animals all of it moving towards the pinnacle of creation and the pinnacle of creation is you it's me were are the, the, we're the, the ultimate design of the ultimate designer. He had this in mind from the beginning. He was going to make you and me to reign over all and to be what? Image bearers of him. See, that's what sets us apart from a a monkey or an ape or any other animal that's walking around. We were given this charge, and when it says image bearer, it's not saying like a a physical image necessarily. It's not like, wow, you have eyes just like Jesus. No, no, he's, he's saying, no, you were given the ability and the capacity to reflect our God to the world around us. That's what's been entrusted to you. That's what's been given to you. You're an image bearer, something that bears the image that reflects or, or, or brings back or brings to light for the rest of the world to see all of us intended to be image bearers. Your eye has never fallen on somebody that's not designed to be an image bearer of God. So be careful what you say about others, right? Every single one of us, if you think about it, an artist, if he's making something that's to be in the image of something else, he's very careful to make sure it reflects. He's looking back at this, the original, the content, and then he's looking, he's making a little bit more, crafting a little bit more. A good artist can make a pretty near beautiful, perfect replica, right? That's kind of the the, 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 shining, uh, st- the shining moment is to the demonstration of, look what I made that's just a, a great representation or picture of me. Saw this video not that long ago, maybe you've seen it on YouTube, on James Corden. Do you guys know who that guy is that does uh, uh, singing with guys, uh, with uh, actors in cars, he drives around and uh, he did this prank on Beckham, the soccer player, and they were releasing this uh, new statue in front of the Galaxy Stadium of Beckham as a tribute to his career. Kind of a, a cool thing. And in that, they had a specific day that was going to be the big release date. Has anybody else seen this video? Maybe like one or two. It's fun. You should watch it on YouTube. I'll show you a clip in a second. But on this big, uh, on this big release day, they, they were going to uh, show Beckham what the statue actually looked like. But what James Corden had done is he had snuck in and made a replica statue of Beckham, but it wasn't real flattering. So he releases this behind the scenes to show Beckham, only it's a really poor demonstration of what it's supposed to look like. Check this out just for a second. It's fun. Let me ask you, okay, let me ask you, what do you like? Like, what are good good things about it that you like? How can you change it in this, this short amount of time? I mean, we can't change it, I'm not saying we am going to change it, I'm just saying, what do you like? Uh, there's no way that can go the front of the stadium. There's no way, my, my parents are coming over from London, my wife's coming. I, think if I mean, look, than... how, look how long my arms are. <laughs> I, I honestly look like Stretch Armstrong. I mean, maybe if you stand back or something, maybe just a little bit. I mean, uh, to start, I'm going to have to stand back right, behind the van. Can <laughs> we tell him to stop? Yeah. Right. I just don't see want stop filming. <clears throat> He's just asked for all the cameras to go off, the LA Galaxy cameras that we're using. He's so angry. <laughs> oh, I'm coming over. It's lucky my kids are not coming over because if my kids were to see this I think they'd just cry, to be honest. Honestly, I don't want to offend you in any way. It's okay. I, I... But this is such a big thing for me. I'm... If my kids were to see this, they would just cry. <laughs> Poor guy. He's trying to be polite, but clearly he's agitated because what? it's not a good reflection. It's, it's, it's a terrible reflection. You can see how it plays out on video. There was some language that I couldn't play here. But anyway, you can check it out later. This, this picture, this idea is a designer. The intent, if it's a reflection, if it's an accurate reflection, it's something to be celebrated. When it's a poor reflection, it's an embarrassment, right? It's an embarrassment, what we've been entrusted with, when you're wrestling through, what am I here for? Why, why did God design me? Why, what's the purpose of my day? What's the purpose of my existence? Going back to our origin. This was a conversation within the Godhead, within the Trinity. He said, we're gonna make something great. We're gonna make man in our image to reflect us. Man, but when we get this right, when we get this right, it's a beautiful thing. I was talking to Stephanie Uh, This week, and uh, her and her husband, John, had a real compliment. They had somebody in their little apartment complex came came up to Stephanie and said, you know what? We've been watching you for a while. Sounds creepy. And uh, she's like, we really like seeing how the two of you love each other. She, at first, she's just like, well, that's kind of weird. Do we share a wall? Like, it's a, like a, <laughs> but he like, but says, just just the distance like from walking to their car, this person that had made observations, and the cool thing is their consistent prayer with John and Stephanie has been like, man, just let the people around us see Christ through us. What is the answer to that prayer? Is they start to see an image of what they're designed to be. Guys, remember that conversation with Jesus talking about uh, what taxes? What does he ask them about the coin with taxes? He says, whose image is on the coin? Whose image? Do you guys remember that conversation? Whose image is on that coin? I, I like this, that Ravi Zacharias points that out. And what does Jesus point to? He says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. In other words, if the coin has the image of Caesar on it, Give it back, to, give it back to, to Caesar. But what are we an image of? We should be given back to God to reflect him to the world around us. That's what we've been entrusted with talks about blessing and how we've been entrusted to be caregivers of the the planet that we have he describes a lot of the vegans really like this section because clearly we're initially designed to eat fruits and veggies but you see all of this but all that he looks back in the pinnacle of his creation he changes his descriptors and moves from just saying this is good to what this is very good and if that's what you leave with today, that reminder, it's not necessarily a go do this kind of a sermon, but a reminder of how valuable you are to our maker. You're created. in his description, when you're added to the mix, man, it's very good. Let's dwell on that this week ahead. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for the reality of, of where all of this came from, where it all came from you, your creative design, the strong one, the creator, one that imagined this into existence, the one that spoke and it happened. God, we praise you for that. And not just a distant distant God, but a God that wants to be involved and connected with your creation. as Chad mentioned earlier, wants to have relationship. We can't reflect you when there's not relationship. God, we praise you for that reality, what you've entrusted to us to be reflectors. I pray that we live that in the week ahead. And now as we sing this last song, may we even just meditate on these words about your goodness and creation. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. If there's anything specific, we can be praying for you after the service. We have a couple volunteers up here. Otherwise, God bless you. Have a great Sunday.